This is Henry Falcone from Flame of Fire Kingdom Awakening Messengers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our start of week three of our live broadcast. We welcome you in the name of the Lord. God bless you. It's so good. I hope you all had a nice weekend and everything. Praise God. I'm going to do my check-in to make sure that we are online and make sure that's happening. So praise God for that. Let's see. Here we go. We're going to go there. And amen. Did you all have a great weekend? Sure hope so. We had a we had a good one. We had my celebrated my daughter's week three. My daughter's uh, birthday party. So we are online now. So I can see your chat. I can see the chats on my phone because some of them come up on phone, some of them come up on the uh, Facebook. So please sign in, let me know where you're from. Be great to hear from you. We'd love to know what city, town, state, country you're from. So please, if you haven't signed in yet, please sign in. It's awesome. We'd love to know who you are. Praise God. And uh, so bless the name of the Lord. So let's go before the Father. Father, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We bless you, Lord. We adore you this morning. We worship you this morning. Mm. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. We love you, adore you. We bow down before you. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. Son of God, we appreciate you. Son of God, we appreciate you. We love you, we adore you, we bow down before you. Son of God, we appreciate you. Holy Spirit, we appreciate you. Holy Spirit, we appreciate you. You lead us, you guide us, in love you provide us. Holy Spirit, we appreciate you we love you lord we love you so much lord we so appreciate you lord lord you are more precious than silver lord you are more costly than gold lord you are more beautiful than diamonds nothing i desire compares with you Beautiful, beautiful, 
Jesus, you're beautiful. Jesus makes beautiful things of our lives, helping us, shaping us more than our eyes can see. Jesus makes beautiful things of our lives. We love you, Lord, and we lift our voice to worship you, O oh, my soul. Rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. We exalt thee. We exalt thee. We exalt thee. Oh, we exalt thee, we exalt thee, we exalt thee, O Lord. We sing praises to your name, O Lord, praises to your name. O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. We sing praises to your name. O Lord, praises to your name. O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be Yes, Lord, we bless you today, Lord. You are so beautiful, Lord. We bless you, Father. We glorify your name, Lord. There is no one like you, O oh God, no one, Lord. There is no one, no one, no one, Lord. No one like you. We glorify your name this morning. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Amen. Welcome this morning. I just felt that we just needed to worship the Lord a little bit here this morning and just come into his presence. So thank you for joining me in worship. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I just posted our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're interested in our uh, Psalmist Henry Falcone, uh, worship, it's uh, uh, Don and I do prophetic, apostolic, I think, whatever you want to call it, throne room music that God gives us as we wait on his presence. If you haven't heard it, please go to our YouTube channel 
and it's Psalmist Henry Falcon. The link's up there. So um, I just encourage you. Uh, there's some real new music. We got two student, two new two new downloads from heaven. One was called "The Rise and Shine," and the other one's called "The The Revelation and uh, the Man Child." I got that yesterday morning. I woke up and I just got that song and had to go come and play it. I woke up with it, and so I just encourage you if you haven't heard it, please go and listen to it. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, sure blessed. It's sure a blessing to be with you this morning. Blessed be his name. Hallelujah. Looking forward to what the Lord is going to vote to us this week. And I know it's going to be good. I'm going to start today with Song of Solomon. <clears throat> I'm just take a little drink of water here. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. And we're going to look at uh, verse uh, 10, 11, and 12. 10 through 12, Song of Solomon, <coughs> excuse me, 10 through 12. It said, my beloved speaks and says to me, rise up. That was a song that Donna and I got on, on uh, Saturday or last week, whenever it was. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. You really need to hear that song because it is a, such a powerful drawing of the Lord and, and the Lord speaking to us. I really encourage you to listen to both of these new uh, uh music videos God's given us. I mean, they are really uh, from heaven and they will lift you up into the very throne room of God. And the first one is about this one. And the second one is as I started playing yesterday and I just saying, Lord, open up my eyes to see, open up my ears to hear it. The next thing I know I'm going up and up and up. And all of a sudden I begin to see the full company of the sons of God and the man child. And the Lord had me sing about it. So I encourage you to listen to it if you can. It says, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Behold, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of, of the birds has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth and ripens her green figs, and the vines are in blossom and give forth their fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. That has been the call of God since forever. But it really got um, accentuated in, in March of 2020 when when COVID hit and they had the lockdowns and when the sh church was completely shut down and the basically the nations you couldn't go out couldn't go to services. It was at that point God really brought forth the dawning of the kingdom age to be seen. You know, for for many years and decades it was hidden from the midnight hour to about 6 a.m. You know, if you go out at 11.55 p.m. without a watch and you stand out there, you know, and, and it goes to 12.05 a.m., you know, and you stand out there 10 minutes, but you can't see the change of day. It's exactly the same, same night, same, same darkness. There's nothing for the, with your physical and natural eyes tells you, but it's a new day, new day. The only t way you can tell it's a new day is if you have a watch. You have something that tells you that the day's changed. And that's exactly what happened in 2020. The day changed. The morning, uh, the morning hours of the kingdom age came into existence. And in this last uh, two years, more people have talked about the kingdom of God than I've ever heard in my life over the last 35 years. I mean, they're getting kingdom of God revelation. The kingdom of God is, is what we're supposed to preach from the beginning. But what we've done for basically 2,000 years, we preached the gospel of salvation, and which was right. We're supposed to the we revealed the Alpha God, the God that wants to save you, Jesus Christ, the Son of God who came and died and rose again for your sins. And yes, we should have preached it. But along with that, you know, we should have preached the finishing gospel of an overcoming people, 
of you know of of a ruling and reign with him and the book of revelation it was in it really was in uh, march 2020 that the lord really i i have been studying god has had me in the the book of revelations first five chapter book of revelation for the first five chapters for years and different parts of the bible old testament and new testament but i think it came together like a jigsaw puzzle in 2020 where i began to see the finishing work of the lord the third day i'd written a book about it called the anointing of the moment it's free on the website by the way Got a couple of books on there. One's called The Transformational Marriage Supper of the Lamb. And the other one is The Anointing of the Moment. And the other one is, um, I think the, uh, I forgot what it's called now. It's, uh, the Foolish Things of God, you know, about faith. They're all free. We don't charge anything. Whatever God gives me is free. Okay, I, I can't merchandise. I can't sell it. I know others do. I'm not disrespecting. If the Lord tells them that way, they write books and that's how they live. Praise God. I can't do that. So I, I, I trust on the Lord touching people, you know, on our behalf, like the Philippian church is to help provide for us to do this work of the Lord and for us to live. But I'm not going to sell the books. You know, I'm not going to sell the tapes. Everything on our website is free. Now, I'm saying that for a reason, because freely receive, freely give. Right. So that's that's what the Lord had us had me to do. But in that, you know, when God began to show me back in 2004 bits and pieces of this, it's been 18 years and now the Lord is bringing it into full-blown light. In 2020, 6 a.m., the light, the sun shined, and the kingdom message of the finishing work of God, the completion, our full salvation, of what we're to become as, as overcomers, a, a man-child, you know, a, a bride who's got made herself ready in Revelation 19, 7, overcomers in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and 3, sons of God, Romans chapter 8, the, the full-grown sons till we come to maturity. All of that came together in 2020 into a new light. And, and the Lord revealed to me that the first five chapters of the book of Revelation are the, I call it the spiritual Pentateuch okay, of the book of Revelation. They are the finishing work of Jesus to prepare a people for this end times and for the judgments. No, notice that no judgments are released on the earth until chapter five is completed. Notice five, five is a number of grace. There's five chapters in the book of Revelation of a glory roadmap. And that's what these broadcasts have been unfolding for the last three years. And in that, in that five chapters, there's three words that we need to hear in there. Uh, two sets of three words. The first one is to re, uh, repent, change, and overcome. And corresponding with that is the word God gave me for 2020, prepare, which is repent. Okay, Change, which is positioning, which is 2021. And 2022 is propelling or overcoming. So it's repent change and overcome that's the message of revelations one through three and and with that comes the word prepare positioned and propelling because revelation four and five is all about being seated up here in the glory realm of all that john sees as the first overcomer john's a type of the first overcomer and he sees the glory of god he sees he sees it yep so 2020 was uh, was uh, uh, 2020 was preparation 2021 was positioning i'm sorry was prepare position and propel 2020 was prepare 2021 is position that means change and 2022 is propel which means overcoming so you can see the corresponding prophetic words that go with revelation chapter one two and three now, in the book of Song of Solomon, in chapter 2, you wouldn't think that this scripture is describing repent, change, and overcome, you know, uh, you know, or uh, prepare, position, and, and, and be propelled, but it is, because it speaks of a season. 
Song of Solomon, chapter two, uh, uh, chapter uh, verses five through 10 speak of a season, a new season, the season that we're in. And we're going to unfold that this week because it's important to see what this means to us. And how does God want you, your family, to prepare your church, your ministry, prepare for what's coming? And, and how to walk, how to walk, excuse me, how to walk in the glory realm of the Lord. That's what this is about. So praise God. So to those that have an ear, if you notice in Revelation chapter two, every church, he says these words, to he that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit of God says and to he that overcomes. So there's two things that are required to walk in this glory realm as an arising son of God. One, you have to have an ear to hear and two, you have to arise and overcome. There's an arising that causes you to overcome. So I'm gonna say that again, there's two important ingredients to become an arising son of God, to walk in the fullness. One, you have to have an ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. And when you do hear it, you've gotta be able to receive it and arise and overcome. And with, as you're an overcomer, you can be propelled with the glory of God. Now to these, he's saying, arise my love, my fair one and come away. That's exactly beloved, what we experience at the convergence. The convergences that God has asked me to do are basically this, no agenda, no time frame. okay? Um, we have blocks on, on our schedule, but they're only there just as a start time. You know, uh, so there's, a, there's um, no agenda and our only agenda is seek the face of God. And the only result is to hear the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost speak through his multi-membered body of Christ. That's exactly what we experience. And what's required at a divine convergence is what's required of us alone at home or when we're in the car. You know, that is each one of us must respond to that upward call. Are you, are you answering that upward call? You can feel it. It's a lifting presence of the Lord. When you begin to seek diligently the face of God, there's a lifting presence. It's a tangible lifting presence of the spirit that lifts you out of the natural into the spirit. And so when, it, when you come before the Lord, that's why pouring your love upon him in worship is so important. I started this broadcast today, not, I was intending to pray, but he said, no, worship me. So if you notice, I had to worship the Lord because worship is a lifting presence. As we were pouring that worship upon the Lord this morning, it's to lift us up. And that's where we are now, lifted up in the spirit. And as we begin to enter into the spirit now, we're going to go deeper and deeper. And the deeper and closer we get to God, the more revelation that he's going to bring forth, more understanding, more wisdom. Now, the song, when I woke up yesterday, you know, I, I just heard this in my spirit, uh, you know, open my eyes to see. Open my ears to hear, open my heart to understand your kingdom. And I kept singing that as I got up, I went to the bathroom, came out, got, sat down at the computer, I kept hearing, I had to go over to the keyboard and I had to begin to worship the Lord. And as I worshiped the Lord, that upward calling took me up and up and up, beloved. It took me up into that realm of beginning to see Doors, I saw doors and many doorways open. And out of the doorways, they were huge and they were, and they, these doors were all over different continents. And I watched this, this liquid gold, fire, water, and wind come down all together and pour upon the nations. And God had me sing it. And as I was singing, I saw it fall upon people that were prepared, positioned, and ready to be propelled with the glory. As they did, they rose up in, in kingdom power, authority, and dominion like I had never, ever seen anyone filled with before, ever. 
and they were immediately caught up to the throne of God. And then as they were, they were receiving instructions and blueprints directly from God, coming directly from them. That like that out of out from the throne of God out of the river was this gold liquid fire, wind and water filling them. And they were getting the mind of Christ, the thoughts, the purposes and plans, instructions and blueprints were put in their hands. And I had to sing about it to release it. And then afterwards, you know, uh, the, as we got towards uh, the middle to the end of it, I began to I, I began to hear the man child arising, arising, man child's arising. And that's what the song's about. Now, where did that come from? That came from rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. As I began to worship him and my heart cried to the Lord was, Lord, give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Give me a heart to understand what you're doing right now of your kingdom and of you, the king. And that cry, that worship of the Lord caused, caused me to come up higher and higher and higher. See, that's the lifting presence. That's why it says, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. See, there's a coming away with the Lord to meet him in the air. And that's exactly what John does in Revelation chapter one. He meets Jesus in the air. Remember, the sound that came from that place was like a war trumpet. The voice of Jesus was like a war trumpet. He didn't recognize it. He didn't know who it was. Like I said before, if anybody should have known the voice of Jesus, wouldn't you think it would have been John? But it, but the beloved, but so different and powerful was his voice. It was the voice it was a voice like many waters. It was a voice that sounded like a war trumpet. And he said, when I heard that voice, he didn't say when I heard Jesus. He said, when I heard that voice, I had to turn around to see who was speaking to me. And when I turned around I, and I saw, he describes Jesus with eyes like fire, hair as white as snow, face burning like the noonday sun. He had a white robe on, a gold sash, seven stars in his hair and burning feet. Now, he had never seen or known Jesus like that before. And that's so critical because this tells us that this that is an end time picture. What John is experiencing is an end time visitation of the Lord. I've talked about this in the last two weeks about the third day, about Jesus coming to finish us, complete us, change us, remove every spot, every blemish every habit, everything that's in your life to burn it out like a refiner's fire and like fuller soap. Like it says in the book of Malachi, the Lord whom you seek, he shall suddenly come to his temple. And when he comes, who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For when he comes, he's going to come like a refiner's fire and fuller soap. When he comes, as we seek him, as we come and run away with it, he's going to come like a refiner's fire. That's why his feet are burning. That's why his face is shining like a new day sun. That's why a double-edged sword is coming out of his mouth because his word is like fire and like a hammer. And this is a finishing word and a finishing work that we find in Revelation chapter 1 through 5 of God's people. It's a finishing word and a finishing work to bring us into full-grown sonship, into arising sons of God. This is a work, an intervention, a time of God, a spiritual intervention where, we're, where we are called to come up out of the natural of the spirit and to meet him here in the air and the second heavens and the heavens right above us. And it's critical we meet him there because it's in that place the Lord Jesus is standing and putting his feet. Why is he putting his feet in the air? Because that is the place we lost in the garden. We lost the place of having dominion to subdue the earth in the air and on the earth. And most people think that when we get restored to the Lord, that we have just rest restored to the earth. No, we were restored to the air. How do I know that? Jesus was the second Adam. 
And Philippians tells us he left all his godliness behind in chapter two, and that he became a man and he even humbled himself further to become a slave. As a man, as the son of man, he was able to walk on waters, hmm, power over the airs. He had power to calm the seas, did he not? He had power to do signs and wonders and miracles. He had power to cause fish to come into nets. He had power to bring a gold coin and a fish right to the net where it had to be. He had power on the air and on the earth. That's dominion. That's what we lost. And so Jesus in the last days, in the last book, comes and stands in the very place that we lost to restore it back to us as he brings his overcomers, his man-child, up to meet him in the air. This is an end-time visitation of the Lord where we're seeing him like we never saw him before. We're hearing him like we never heard him before. We're knowing him like we never knew him before. And as we see him, we're being prepared. How are we being prepared? He's removing that, like he's come, like a refiner's fire, full of soap, and he's come to thoroughly purge. That's what it says in Malachi chapter 3. Thoroughly purge the sons of Levi like pure gold and silver. And so that's the work of this end time visitation of the Lord. It's the deepest, most intimate work that you've ever experienced in your life. And this is a neat thing about it. Even when you're not aware of it, because you asked him to come in, you opened the door in Revelation 2.20, you said, come in, Jesus, and sup with me. He is working day and night. Whether you feel it, whether you don't, he's working past your emotions. He's working past your problems, your situations. He is burning up with a spirit of burning. And the spirit of judgment, he is burning everything within you, everything around you, so that the only thing that's left in you is his pure holy love and his kingdom, power, authority, and dominion. And he's doing it right now, beloved, whether you're conscious of it or not. If you stumble and fail, you repent, you get up, and you ask him to forgive you, and with a true and sincere heart, and, he, and the, all of that, even when you mess up, hasn't stopped him working. Even the mess ups are part of the process of showing you what needs to come out of your life. And so we're in a season and the season begins with a call, rise up my love, my fair one, and come away with me. Where? Up here. And I want you to notice, even after John meets him in the air, there's a higher place than that. That's the third heaven into the very throne room of God. And that's Revelation chapter four, verse one. He said, and he said, uh, and suddenly I saw a door standing open in heaven. And then I heard the voice, like the one that called me as a war trumpet, call me and say, come up here so I can show you the things that come hereafter. That's what we're be pre being prepared for. We come up and we meet the Lord in the second heaven so that he can restore us to our true identity in Christ, Christ in us, hope of glory, where we can begin to rule and reign. And as he's refining us like golden fire, it says in Revelation chapter 12 that, that a war breaks out in heaven between Michael and the archangel and Satan and his demons. And the war is so powerful that the angels drive Satan, listen, they drive Satan and his demons completely out of the realm of the second heavens and he puts them down where we were here, down here. He's in the earthly realm on the ground. He no longer has rule over here anymore. He's down here. And so angry is he makes war against the saints. He makes war against the mother that birthed her and she's given wings to go out for three and a half years away from the dragon. He goes to chase her. But look at where the overcomers go. They're not being chased. 
they immediately lift up to the throne of God. They're instantly behind, they come through that door that's standing open in heaven. And in that door open in heaven, they're able to receive what the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. They're able to receive the thoughts and plans of God that he has for their life, for their family, their church, and the ministry, because they've been now seated with him in heavenly places. How many times have you heard that scripture before? I've been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Well, we quote it, but we don't really live there. There's an arising. There's an arising that's happening, a coming up. Isaiah 60, verse 1, is being fulfilled in our ears. It says, what? Arise. See, this is, I'm, keep, I'm, I'm sharing with you. The call of the Lord is to arise, to come up. The church is going horizontal. They want to go this way. They want to meet the needs of men first. But in this hour, in Revelation 1, 2, and 3, God wants us to meet his needs. God wants to finish us. God wants to complete us. God wants us to come forth as pure grown sons and daughters, full grown sons and daughters of the Lord, that he can trust with his kingdom, power, authority, and dominion. And so that Jesus can go before this army and lead them throughout the lands, transforming the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God in Christ. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news this morning? I think so. But what I want us to hear this morning and why the convergences are so important is because in those at that convergence, we are called to a certain city sent to meet God there. God is sending us. I'm not picking these places. I have no, dis honestly, I had no desire to go to Schenectady, New York. I wasn't even thinking about it. But the Lord said, I want you to go to Schenectady, Henry, and I want to meet you there as the breath of life. So that's what we're going to do, May 2nd through the 7th. Those of you that want to come, I'll, I'll, I'll post it on there in a few minutes. But if you want to come May 2nd through the 7th, what are we going to do? We're going to come and we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to sit at his feet. We're going to pour out our alabaster box on the Lord, uh, box of oil on the Lord's feet. We're going to love on him and worship him the way that he deserves. And that's all we're going to do. But as we do that, he's going to lift us up. Because most of you have learned to do this at home. And you're alone time. And when you're lifted up in the presence, that's where God begins to speak. That's where God begins to give you revelation, understanding. It's, begin, it's where he begins to give you his thoughts. And as you begin to receive his thoughts, he begins to share with you what he wants to do and what he wants done for your life, your family, your ministry, for the earth, for the nations. And then as he begins to give you thought, he takes you higher to reveal the plans. The plans are the instructions. And that's where Psalm 32, 8 comes in. I'm going to, I, the Lord, will teach and instruct you in the way that you should go. That's from the glory realm. I want to teach you and instruct you in the way that you go from my glory realm. And I'm going to guide you with my own eye on the earth. And so when the devil and his demons are cast down here, the man child is lifted here. The overcomers are lifted here. The bride is lifted here to heavenly. And she puts her feet down and she looks into Jesus' face that's shining like a noonday sun. She's listening to the words that are coming from Jesus like a two-edged sword, a spirit of judgment, spirit of burning that will complete her and beautify her. She's looking at his white hair, which means she's receiving the wisdom from God. She's looking at the seven stars in his hands because he's giving the word of the Lord to the church in the last days. She's standing, she's looking at his white robe of his righteousness and being covered with that same robe. And gold tried by the fire is becoming a, a, a belt around her waist. And as his feet burn with iron, her hit. As his feet begin to burn like brass, her feet begin to burn like brass because she's being purified, sanctified, set apart, and she's becoming a burning one. He's becoming a burning son of God, a burning king that's being released as a king and a priest and a son as a daughter. Praise God of the Lord. 
as the bride of the Lord. And they're now walking from a new place of position and power and authority that they've never known before. And we've never known before, but we're about to. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And so when we come to the convergence, that's what we do. We wait and we worship. And then the Lord lifts us up individually. And then all of a sudden, I said this before, it's like we come to a convergence. What you do is you come with your prayer closet, your, your own time with the Lord. And then at the right time, the Lord takes the walls of our prayer closet off individually and he makes one big prayer closet. And we're all there together. And that's when we begin to hear the corporate expression of Jesus. And as that comes, we're lifted up even higher into the glory realm. Because now we're going to begin to receive his glory thoughts, his glory minds, his glory realm. And we have to write it down. It is so powerful what he reveals to us here and here. From this, from this realm where we're meeting him in the air to the higher realm behind the glory realm. And the songs start coming from them. The prophetic releases, the apostolic release, the spirit of prophecy, the seven spirits of God begin to operate in our midst. And we're changed by that glory. We're changed from glory to glory. We hear from glory to glory. We see from glory to glory. We walk from glory to glory. We speak from glory to glory. Don't you want that, beloved? Don't you want that for your church? You're, to be able to experience the glory of God, to function, being filled with the glory of God? But to do that, we have to enter into Revelation 2 and 3, okay? Which is ch repent, change, and overcome, or prepare, position, and propel. So there's a work of the Lord, an intervention, a third day work of the Lord that begins when we rise up, I love my fair one and come away with me. Each one of us, beloved, must respond to that upward call of ministering to his heart. See, that's what it's about. When, when you feel that lifting presence, okay, what, you know you're not here anymore. As you start worshiping and you can feel your spirit being lifted up, that's when you worship him more. And as you worship him more, all of a sudden you, you become still and know that he's God. And what do we minister to the Lord? We feed the Lord our pure, holy love. Remember, we've opened the door and said, come in, Jesus. Well, we invited him in, so now we got to feed him. And what do we feed him? Our worship, our pure, holy love. That's what he desires, to be loved. And so we pour that upon his feet. And then we wait on the Lord to respond back to us. He feeds us. We feed him. We, he feeds us. He feeds us with his glory. This progressive upward call is rise up, is rise up. And what does that mean? When, the, when you hear that call rise up, in 2020, God called the whole world to stop, the church to stop, because this was a word he was releasing. I've changed everything in 2020. I don't want you to go back and do business as usual. I shut everything down for a reason. Not to give you a pause so you can reset and start going in the same direction. I wanted you to know I stopped everything for this one thing. I wanted you to lay everything down of your life, your church, your ministry, your family, your job, where you live and lay it at my feet and now come to me to allow me to choose where you live, what you're going to do, what your family's going to do, where you're going to work. And if it's the same place that you are, praise God. But if it's not, be willing to change with me. In 2020, there was a call to burn the ships. That means leaving your past life behind. You can't rise up holding on to the past. You can't rise up into the new when you're clinging to the traditions of men, into the religious ways of men. You can't rise up when you still are doing church services the way you did them last week and the week, I'm sorry, the week before. You're not going to rise up. You may get some of his presence, but you are not going to rise up into the glory realm. You may rise into his presence, but you will not come into his glory realm because no flesh can enter into his glory. None. 
So in the in, 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 you stay in the church age structure model of the holy place where you bring your ritual acts of worship Sunday after Sunday, do the same thing every week. You can tend the candles, you can tend his presence, but you can't go behind the veil. You can't because what you're doing, your heart is still seeking to stay in the holy place. You're saved. You got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You love preaching. You love the gifts of the Spirit. And so you stay right there in the outer courts and the holy place realm. But there is a realm that will go behind the veil. There's a remnant of pastors, leaders, and apostles that will not stay settled into the holy place ministry. They realize that there's a call behind that veil. There's a call that says, come up here. Come through that doorway. Come up through that doorway. And those that are hearing the call are going to worship the Lord in that holy place ministry until they are lifted up beyond the veil, up through the door in heaven, till they behold the face of God, who is the king of glory, till they hear that, who is the king of glory, the Lord, strong and mighty. This is a generation that will seek his face. See, that's what it says in Psalm 24. This is the generation that will seek his face because they have clean hands and a pure heart. They're receiving the fire's finer in the fullest soap. They're receiving the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. Like it says in Isaiah chapter four, where the Lord is beautifying the remnant of Zion. He's beautifying them. He's pitching a canopy of his glory around them as he burns out the pride, the vanity, and the things of the world the mixture of the world of all the things that they have to overcome in the Laodicea church and he's burning it up and he's pitching a canopy of glory over her so that she's filled with glory surrounded with the glory so that the sons of God are filled with that glory surrounded by that glory because that fire is burning out everything that's not like Jesus and that's what happens when you stand behind the veil. Everything of this world burns away. Every thought, every priority, every plan, every mindset, every hurt, every wound. Because when, when you go behind that veil, everything else has to leave. Because it's just you and the Lord and the Lord in you. You and the Lord and the Lord in you. It's you with the Lord, the Lord with you. And everything that's not of him gets burnt out by the Spirit of God. The spirit of blasted judgment, the spirit of blasted burnings. In Isaiah chapter 4, you have to read it. This upward call, rise up, my love, and come away, my fair one, is for us to come out from the busyness of human activity. That's what he's saying in Song of Solomon chapter 2. She's the, 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 the bridegroom is calling out to his bride, rise up, my love, come away with me, my fair one. I want you to come out of business as usual, out of the busyness of your life. And for those that are going to be prepared and positioned, who are going to walk in dominion, power, and authority, they have to come out of this world, don't they? Come out from among them, my people, and separate yourself, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. There's a coming out of the world in your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, and the spirit to separate yourself further and deeper into the Lord. It's where you give the Lord the totality of your being. All that I am, all that I have, all that I ever will be is yours. My body, soul, and spirit. We, Lord, will run after you. That's in Song of Solomon chapter 1. Her prayer is, draw me, Lord. Draw me means lift me up out of my life. Remember, she says, I, the, my stepbrothers are angry with me. That's the church leadership, and they made me the keepers of the vineyard. But my own vineyard, my own spiritual life, I didn't keep. They made me keepers of their spiritual vision, building their church plans, building their church visions, and doing everything that they told me to do. They kept me busy. They beat me. It says, you know, you know, they were angry with me. Later on, they beat her, and they take, a, they try to take away her veil from her, but she goes past them because she's found the one that her soul loves. This kingdom age work begins with a. a 
fire of being in love with Jesus, not just loving Jesus, not loving his works, not just loving what he does, but in love with him as a bride with a bridegroom. I ask you today, are you in love with him? I mean, in love with him. Is he burning in you? Is that passion for him burning in you? Is it burning for you greater than when you first met him? Remember, the first rebuke in the Revelation chapter two is that you've deserted me. You've abandoned me. The love that you had for me at first. So important was that to the Lord. He says, listen, you can do all the works you want. You can try those who say they're apostles and they're not. But I'll tell you what, because you abandoned the love that you have for me, you put these things equal to me or above me. Let me say this to you. Remember from the height that you've fallen and repent and do your first work or else I will come and I'll remove my candlestick, my presence from your life, from your family, from your ministry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I didn't say this, Jesus did. This is that he's telling us that you can no longer not have him as your first love. If you want to go deeper into his glory, you can escape the fire and enter heaven, but all that you have and all that you're doing is gonna be burnt up like wood, hay and stubble because you did not give the Lord what he wanted. The first commandment is not, Love thy neighbor as thyself. That's what the enemy's done. He's tried to invert the commandments to love people, make the needs of people first above God's. So think about where your life is today. And all of you that went to church and all of you that went to those services Sunday, I want you to think about this. And pastors, all that you fed them, is their priority today the kingdom of God first? Is their priority after all that you did yesterday to put God first? Are they in love with God first? Have you told them to be in love with God first? Or did you tell them to work first? Or did you tell them you need to do this and do this and do this and give the 27 steps of Christianity? What did you do, pastors and leaders? What did you give them? Did you bring them to the the fire of God? Did you bring them to the presence of God? Did you bring them into the glory of God? Did you lead them to know that they got to love the Lord thy God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength? Or do you just assume that they do and you teach them how to work? What did you do yesterday? How was yesterday different than the Sunday before and the Wednesday before? How was your time? How did we live our lives yesterday? Did we live it just like we did the day before and the day before that? Are our priorities first? Are our plans first? Is making money first paying the bills first is the american dream church first what is first in your life today what was in your first in your life yesterday are we seeking first the kingdom of god and his righteousness so that all these things can be added on to us or are we seeking other priorities or are other priorities equal with god listen to the word of the lord it says i know your works they're more numerous than they were in the beginning but I have this one charge against you. You've deserted me and they amplified. You've abandoned the love that you had for me at first. Consider the heights from where you've fallen. That is not a pretty word. Consider the heights from where you're falling. You used to be up here with me, living with me, dwelling with me, but now you're down here working for me and you've forgotten where I am up here. You've forgotten I need to meet with you. You've forgotten I was made, I, that you were made for me so that we could be one as a bride with a bridegroom. You have replaced being with me by working with me or working for your own priorities and plans and giving me the leftovers. And the Lord says to the church in Laodicea, I wish you were hot or cold, but you are neither. You're lukewarm and I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. That is not a pretty situation. It's not what the church wants to hear today. But those that will hear that word of the Lord and begin to see the spiritual condition, God is saying to you, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come up here with me.
Why? Because if you respond to that upward call, you will leave all of that behind. You will leave the world behind. You will leave your priorities behind. You will come out of the worldliness behind. You will leave all your human activity behind and you will make seeking the face of God your priority. Come on, people of God. Are you hearing me this morning? You'll make seeking the face of God your priority. His will, his plans, his thoughts. That's what I woke up to yesterday in the song. Lord, I, I, Lord, I want to hear I, I, Lord, I, I want to see your face. I want to hear your voice. I want to know your heart. I want to understand your king, kingdom and you, the king. And as I began to sing it, the Lord lifted me up out of that place to begin to reveal more of his, more of his heart, more of his understanding, more of his will, more of his presence. And when Donna and I got that song the other day, we got a word in December 2nd about arising and coming away. And that that would be a song of the Lord. I didn't remember it until we recorded to yesterday after it was been recorded a week. We sang the very word God told us to sing. And it was all about what I'm sharing with you. You got to listen to it because it's a rise and shine. Now, this progressive rise upward call is rise up. It's a call for us to come out of the busyness of human activity. I know your works. And you come into the atmosphere of divine activity. I'm going to say that again. You might want to write it down. The call rise up is a call to come out of the business of human activity. Your thoughts, your plans, the world's things are that around you. To come up into the atmosphere of divine activity. Human activity, exchange for divine activity. That's why I shared with you, beloved, as I was singing that song, Open my eyes to see. Open my ears to hear, open my heart to know, Lord, your kingdom. I was arising. That was an arising song. And it was taking me out of the human activity into the activity of heaven, the divine activity. So powerful is that. Even the prayer needs that I have that I've been carrying and praying for others become so very small. It's like at that place, the Lord said, just cast all your cares upon my feet. So I take every prayer need that I have for my life, for my family, for everything, finances, health, this trip, for your families, everything. I just come and I lay them at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because I'm coming into a new realm of divine activity. Rise up calls you out of human activity into divine activity, into the atmosphere of heaven. And that's why we have to spend quality time with the Lord. That's why we've got to meet the Lord every day. You've got to set your morning time to set apart time to start your day with the Lord. That way he's first, not last. And we don't teach this to the church. I wonder how many messages were taught this week how to spend time with God. How to spend God. How does God operate? How does God move? How to know the ways of God. I wonder how many services taught that this week. Or did, we, or did we get the same stuff that we've gotten for the last 150 years? Just with a paintbrush painted over nicely. There's a lot of stuff being claimed as kingdom that's not kingdom. It's just church age painted over. Because we're doing the same thing we've always done. Same message. Same words. It's almost like it's on, 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 what do you call it? autopilot or something that eh, 
we got 365, we, let's say we got 52 services and we'll say, we'll teach on the same things, same 52 themes each year and each year. And, I, and the people never grow up. You know why they never grow up? Because they never go up. Wow, that was a word. They never go up, so they never grow up. To grow up, you got to go up. I'm going to say that again. To grow up, you got to go up. But if we keep people here, meeting the needs of men first, okay? And that's what the enemy's done. He's inverted the second commandment and put it above the first commandment. So you, we're going to try to love one another or love your neighbor as yourself, though the needs of men are first. I just read a good article. I'm going to post it on Facebook that my, my wife found about this, about the seeker sensitive churches and about what their goals are. And there's a new movement beyond the seeker sensitive that's bringing everything. You just love everybody, accept everybody. I always wondered why, why a church has to be called joy. Why does a church have to be called uh, um, evolving? It used to be the church of God, the assembly guy, but now we can't use the word God in our names anymore. So we got to come up with names like Joy Joy Church or Joy something. Wonder why we're doing that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Who are we after? Who are we trying to draw? Are we becoming like the world to draw people unto Christ? Or is Jesus being lifted up in us so that he will draw all men unto him? To grow up, you got to go up. And if you go up, you'll grow up. If you go up and you grow up, thus arise, my love, my fair one. Why is he calling us upward so that we can grow up? As we go up, we grow up into what? Arising sons of God. That's why everything in Revelation from one to five is up here. No, so not down here. Jesus could have came and stood before John in the island of Patmos, and he could have appeared to him and said every word to him down here where John was. Why didn't he? I'm just saying, why didn't Jesus come, even in a vision, to meet him right there? Why did John have to go up? Why did John have to go up in the spirit? I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. And then I heard and saw. And then afterwards, I saw a, stand, saw a door standing open in heaven. And the vo a voice of that same word, I'm saying, come up here. Why? Why? Why is coming up so important? Because we have, we have lived down here with the chickens. Chickens fly, but they can only go like a foot off the ground. And that's where most of the church has been, like chickens in a chicken coop. You know, getting their chicken feed every Sunday and every Wednesday. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just saying that as it is. You know, and so they never able to go up. How many people in your congregations know how to go up in the Lord? I mean, really find the Lord and know the Lord. And you can see the substance of the quality of God in their life of being with the Lord. Like Peter, James, and John, the Sanhedrin was blown away that these men had been with Jesus. But what I hear, so coming out of many well-minded men and women of God, is that, they're, that, that the, the, their, their sons and daughters say, I have been with him, my apostle. And the love for the apostle and the love for the prophet, if it's not careful, is even greater than the love for the Lord. They're so enamored with the man instead of being enamored with God. And that is not a good place to be. That will keep you horizontal. The church and the church going on the horizontal plane is over, and it's completely over in 2020. Jesus is standing on the at the door at the end of the age, standing there knocking, not to continue them on the horizontal, 
but so that he can come in and take them up here. How many of you want to go up here this morning? That's where I hope we are this morning. I hope we've come up this morning so that we can see it. This progressive upward call, rise up, is a call for us to come out of the busyness of human activity into the atmosphere of divine activity. And that's what it means to be a son of God, to be connected with the divine activity of heaven, to enter into the glory realm up here, up here. One of the things that we do, have done this for years, is teach people how to come up, how to spend time with the Lord. When I go to churches, that's what I spend time with, teaching them how to really how to really come up, what it really means to, you know, to wait upon the Lord. Isaiah 40, they that wait upon the Lord. You know, it says shall change, but something else and renew their strength. What's that? That means they're going to come up. They're going to renew their strength as they wait on the Lord. And what happens? Then they're going to rise up on what? The wings of eagles. Notice they go up, rise up on wings of eagle. And when they're up here, what happens? They can run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. So why are we keeping the people down here? I don't say don't work for the Lord. I'm saying come up here and you'll work with the Lord. Come up here and the Lord will work with you and you will work with the Lord in complete harmony and oneness with him. You won't be trying to do anything for the Lord. You won't be trying to take your city for God. I remember that was a big deal back in the 80s. We're going to take our city for God. And we came up with all these wonderful ideas of how to take our city. None of it worked. And then that didn't work. I'll never forget this. I was invited by the regional apostle to go to this meeting because they built this 10,000 church seated church in, 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 in um, Minnesota. And they wanted to hear how it was done. And so the leaders of this movement came up and they handed out some marketing service, marketing surveys. And we were to go out and pass out these surveys to, to everybody in the community to see what they wanted in the church. Can you imagine how Jesus built his church like that? Give everybody what they want. I, I, when I heard it, I was getting sick to my stomach. And the apostle I was with goes, goes, asked me, what's the matter with you? I said, I just don't feel good. And he goes, listen, you, you, it's kind of noticeable. You don't feel good. Maybe you should go out the car. I said, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll go out to the car. So I sat, and sat out in the car while they did all this. And then I thought it was over. I went back in to sit down. And they started talking about, you know, having bowling alleys and, um, and uh, movie theaters and bookstores and coffee shops in the church. And, you know, um, and the leader could see that I was getting like, there's something wrong with me. And he, he said, he asked me, the guy that's doing this, he goes, is everything okay? I said, no. I said, I just have one question. Okay, before we even try to do something like this, why don't we ask God what he wants? And man, you would have thought, man, the world came to an end that I dropped an atom bomb in that moment, that I got daggers at me like you couldn't even imagine. I never felt such an evil presence in my life because I said, why don't we find out what God wants? That spirit since then has invaded the church to make the needs of men above the needs of God. So now you can understand, I got a, the, 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 the bride, the son is being called out of the daughters of Jerusalem. She's been under her stepbrothers in Revelation chapter one. She's been beaten by her. She's been keeper of their vineyard, of what they're trying to build. But she says to the, to the Lord, but my own vineyard I have not kept. And then she says, tell me where you, tell me where you, tender your flocks. And I said this last week, and then go to the shepherd's tents, find shepherds outside the camp and they'll show you how to find me. I can't, I think I'm one of those shepherds outside of the tent that help people find the Lord. I won't say I am. I'll let you judge whether I am or not. But part of what God has called me to do is to bring them not to me, not to the ministry, but to help them find and know God and know the ways of God. 
until they can get their hand out their cells fully gripped to the Lord and let go and get out of the way. <clears throat> That's what the Lord has asked me to do. When the church received the baptism of the spirit, the evangelicals would comment, you know, the evangelicals are that they would say, you become so spiritually minded, <coughs> excuse me, that you know earthly good. But today, the exact opposite is true. The church has become so earthly minded that it's no spiritually good because they don't know how to come up here. That's what I'm asking you. What happened yesterday? Go online. Watch services, find your favorite pastor, find the ones that you're with, listen to their messages and see where, where did, where did everything that was done in that meeting bring people? Did it, did it bring them up or did it bring them in? Did it bring up or did it bring them in? Did it bring them to people? Did it bring them to work? Did it bring them to change? Did it bring them to the, um, uh, the, the, the great commission? Where did it bring them? The question is, did it bring them up to God? The Great Commission is the burning heart of God. And when you receive the burning heart of God, you will become the Great Commission, but not the way that we've done it in the church age. We will be one with the Lord. And as Jesus did only what his father told him to do, what the father showed him, what he heard, so will we. As I was in the world, so will you be in the world. The works that I do, you shall also do. And greater works than these, so you do because you've gone to my Father. Thank you, Lord. So most of the church today, and that's what 2020 was all about. It was to stop. It was to take inventory. It was to say, where are you? In your life, in your family, your ministry, in your church. Everything stopped. What are you going to do now? What if you can never work again? What if you can never go to church again and gather like that? What if you have to go out and there's plagues all around you? What are you going to do? Who do you know? Are you going to live in fear or are you going to live in faith? Are you going to know me or are you not going to know me? Are you going to be an overcomer or be overcome? And that's why 2020 was so important. So to a church that's become so earthly minded that it's no spiritual good, we hear the call of the Lord to rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. This call is to those that have an ear to hear and eyes to see. This is to the use. Jesus, why do you teach them in parables? To you, it has been made known to understand and know the secrets of the kingdom, the secrets of the mystery of the kingdom. But to them, it has not been known. To them, I speak in parables. Because they have eyes to see, but they do not see. They have ears to hear, and they do not hear. And they have a heart to understand, but they don't understand. Their hearts have grown fat. So I speak to them in parables. But to you, because you have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand, I will show you and make it known to you the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. And for that to happen, to understand that they were the ones chosen to come up here, to live in the glory and the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Rise up, my love, my fear one, and come away is a special drawing to those who will respond to him in a time of personal preparation for the approaching time of divine intervention. I'll say that again. This drawing, it's given to those that have ears to hear who will respond to him for a personal time of preparation. Preparation, position, propelling. They will respond to him by answering the call, yes, Lord, here I am. And they wait on him. And they wait for his lifting presence. Those 
that will respond to them are lifted out of human activity into divine activity. And that's when we'll change from glory to glory. You want to change? Come up here. If you don't go up, you don't grow up. And if you go up, you grow up. Remember? Go up and grow up. Grow up and go up. If there's a word that you need to hear this morning, that's the message of the Lord to you this morning. My pastors, my apostles, brothers, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and every one of you listening to it. To, if you go up, you grow up. If you take your church up, they'll grow up. Keep them down here, they'll never grow up. If you keep your family down here and you never share with them how to go up, they're going to stay down here forever. Mothers and fathers, teach your children. I don't care if they're old children or young children. Teach your grandchildren how to go up in the Lord, to go up into the presence of the Lord. Because when you go up, you grow up. And when you grow when you grow up, you go up. That is so important. That is so important. This period of time we're in, this third day intervention of meeting Jesus in the air, is a divine intervention that has now come upon the earth. We must be prepared and positioned, and we can't miss God's timing. We must understand the hour we are now living in. And Song of Solomon 2.11 tells us the hour and the moment that I'm talking about. Amen. I hope this is blessing you this morning because I'm being strengthened by this word. God is strengthening me. It's burning in me. I hope it's burning you. I'm a participant and also the one God's using to share it, but I'm receiving this just like you are. I need more of the Lord. I need more. I need to go up higher and deeper and closer and be more intimate with him and his heart. For the higher you go, the higher you grow. And the higher you, and the more you grow, the higher you go. The more you grow, the higher you go. The higher you go, the more you grow. Thank you, Lord. What season are we in? Like the tribe of Issachar. I started this broadcast way back three years ago, this Roadmap of Glory, teaching about the tribe of Issachar. Teaching the tribe of Issachar. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. About knowing the times and seasons of the Lord. The winter is past. The rain is over and gone. And what does that mean? What does that mean prophetically to you? Well, the past represents the winter. And, and the, the past represents the charismatic visitation within the church from 1900 to the 1990s. From 1900, from Azusa Street, up to the 1990s of the outpourings of Toronto and, and Pensacola, okay? was a charismatic visit, visitation. And that resulted in a broad exposure to the supernatural through the outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's been received by millions upon the planet. They got in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And there's been healings, there's been miracles, there's been signs, there's been wonders, there's been prophetic, there's been apostolic, there's been all of those things. And that was from 1900 to 1990s. And that represents the winter's past, the rain is over and gone. Represents that from almost 100 years from 1900 to, to 2000. But during the last 50 years, the operation of the gifts of the Spirit have become common. In the last 50 years, the gifts of the Spirit has been common. It's not, I mean, I even heard them in, in one, of the, one of the movies speaking about, yeah, and, and what about those people who speak in tongues? So it's been, even the world knows what the gifts of the Spirit are in tongues. They may not accept it, but they know about it anyways. 
And this is and that this has helped to establish the foundation for a new and a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Since 1990s in the Toronto Blessing, there's been a cry for even more than the gifts of the Spirit or even doing ministry. The rain is over and gone. And that's where many in these last years have been called out of the local churches, which nobody wants to hear that, I know. Because they have had the gifts of the Spirit. They've done the evangelism. They've done all those things. But all the gifts of the Spirit, all the working for the Lord, all that they've done isn't satisfy the longing of their heart. And they've been called out to go deeper. Some are still in local churches, some aren't. But they've been called to go out deeper. Why? Because the rain is over. Do you hear it? The rain is over. That's, that's, and, and it's gone. What rain? The latter rain. And that's what the 1900s to 2000, it's called the latter rains. Okay? But, you know, now the Lord wants to give the former and the latter rains together in a new outpouring of glory. We're not coming into a, a movement. We're coming in. We're coming into the mover. We're not looking for another movement of God. We're coming into the mover. God is the mover. God is the creator. We're coming into the mover. We're becoming one with the mover so that he can move heaven and earth and transform it, the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God in Christ. From 2000 to 2019, for the remnant of God, it has been a dry and a thirsty land. There's been a seeking for the more of God and wherever we could find him. And they've gone place to place. They've been looking for people. They've been looking to fellowship with those that are hungry and thirsting for the kingdom of God reality. And they've come out and they've been separated and they've been positioned for a time like this. Thus the rain is over and gone. The present seeming timing of spiritual dryness though wasn't wasted. In these last 20 years, in this time of dryness, God is using it to accomplish his purpose by causing within us an intense desire for a further moving of the Lord in our lives. I would describe it this way. There's been a longing to be completed, finished, to have these things that have been habits and stuff and attitudes completely removed from my life, our lives. How many of you can identify with that? And the more you go to church, the more books they give you on the how-tos, it gets worse. It's like the more you try to get fixed, the more to try you try to do everything you're supposed to do, it actually strengthens the very thing you're trying to get rid of. And there's a holy frustration that's come out in the last 20 years. Like, I can't do this. I can't, you know, it's almost like a frustration and that I know, Lord, I've done all of these things, but Lord, my righteousness is but a filthy rag, but I'm not stopping coming. You're the one that can completes me. And all of a sudden, Philippians 1, 6 becomes a living reality within their heart that he that has begun this good work in me will be faithful to complete it even to the day of Christ. And they realize the one who started this work is the only one that can finish it. I didn't save myself. I can't finish myself and I can't change myself. But the one thing I can do is come. And when that revelation comes, when you finally done trying to do all the church ministry, do all the church work, do all the church business, all trying to get your family saved and walking with God, when you come to the absolute place, coming out of that desert, in that desert place where you come absolutely helpless, and 100% dependent upon the Lord. Now you're ready. Now you're ready for what? To be lifted up out of the old, out of the, out of the, um, out of the human activity of trying to serve God, trying to walk with God, trying to work for God, trying to live for God. And you give up and you come to the only one who can do it. You, you open the door 
and he comes in. And the one thing you can do is you can worship him and love him. The one thing you can do that you know you can do is worship him and love him. And that's the one thing that he asked for. And as you give him that pure, holy love and you make him your first love and you burn in love with him, he comes now to lift you up. He comes now to lift you up so that he can feed you with what you need of his glory. And when his glory comes, he comes like a refiner's fire and full of salt. When he comes, he comes with a spirit of burning and the spirit of judgment to remove everything you tried to get out of your life. Everything that you see wrong with you, the Lord removes it from you. And you begin to enter into the seventh day rest of God. And you enter the third day of the kingdom age where you're resting and ceasing from your efforts. And now you're ready to become one with the Lord. And you only move when he moves. You only speak when he speaks. You only go when he goes. And you become this. Instead of being engaged of me and the Lord and the Lord in me, we become married. The Lord in me and me in the Lord. The Lord with me and me with the Lord. Christ in us, the hope of glory, becomes a living reality in us. Now it's us with the Lord and the Lord with us. And in this, he burns up every spot, every wrinkle, and every blemish. He washes us by the word of the word. The refining fire and full of soap, when we come into this position, changes us. And we stay locked in this position with him so that we can live up here with him in this realm of his glory where we can see and know him, where he's completing us, changing us, and bringing us forth as sons, full-grown, mature sons of God. And now that he's now that he's done this with us here, and we're one with him here, now the wheel within the wheel, I'm mean, excuse me, the four living creatures that are with him in heaven become locked in from heaven to earth. We become locked in with them, they become locked in with us, and now when those living, when the Lord is lifted up and those living creatures are lifted up, we're lifted up. The wheels are lifted up. And when, they go, when they're put down, they go down. So look at how the operation of the kingdom of God works. It works up and down because we have an upward call. Come up here. Now we're one up here with the Lord. And now we're functioning with God's glory and God's glory from heaven and earth. And look at how we function. Notice it's not this way to take the earth this way, the horizontal way of the church age. Notice the movement is this way. It's upward. And as the living creatures are lifted up, Ezekiel says, so are the wheels lifted up. And when, and when the living creatures are put down, they're put down. Why? Because above them is the Lord of hosts and his fiery firmament. And he's moving. So now the living creatures and all of the armies of heaven are moving under him. And now he has a people on the earth that are full grown sons and daughters, sons of God, a bride, an overcomer, a man-child company. They are so connected in one with the Lord and one with another. So that when the activity of heaven, that divine activity in heaven is released, they move with it like this. They go up and they move with the activity of heaven. They're no longer down here with the human activity because this is where the church lives in human activity. Okay, what's wrong with our city? Let's go pray at the steps here. Let's go do this over here. We see this. Let's take the whatever seven mountains, 12 mountains, and let's begin to affect, affect our society of all the things that affect our society. I don't even touch that stuff. I don't go near it. I don't. Maybe others can. And maybe it has a purpose. But what I what I have seen from it and, you know, is that in that me and the me and the Lord, that holy place ministry tries to change the, the mountains, affect the culture, change everything with from from this down here place. God wants to change down here with up here. 
on earth as it is in heaven. He wants to change down here with heaven. He wants to bring heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done but on earth as it is in heaven. And the only way we can do that is being connected with him. Arise, my love, my fair one. Come away with me. Hallelujah. In this time of dryness, God is using it to accomplish his purpose by causing an intense desire for a deeper relationship with God to finish us and a great, a man, greater manifestation of his glory. Joel chapter two, verses 23 and 24 say, be glad then you children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God for he has given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down to you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. I want you to notice, he says, he will cause, cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, the latter rain in the first month. The first month relates to the time we are now living in. We are living now in the beginning of the third day of the closing out of the church age. We're living in two prophetic days at once, the church age from Christ's ascension to the year 2000, and now from the kingdom age from 2000 to the present. The scripture confirms that a double portion is about to be given to bring us into the necessary level of spiritual maturity to accomplish God's purposes on the earth, a double portion. Where's that double portion? Where do we see the double portion? How do you get a double portion? First, Revelation 1 through 5 tells us of the double portion. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. That's the first portion. He begins to see Jesus. Jesus comes to him and causes him to rise up to meet him in the air. That's portion number one. Then after, after he brings the word to the church, it's a change, repent, and repent, change, and overcome to the overcomers. They see a doorway standing open in heaven and a war trumpet voice of Jesus saying, come up here so I can show you the things that are to come. Double portion. First portion in the air. Second portion before the throne. Let me say that again. First portion before the air. Second portion before the throne. A double portion. Do you see it? Do you see it, everybody? See it? Anybody watching on that uh, on there today to get some of these posts off of there? Somebody's posting some stuff on there that needs to get off of there. So I'm gonna block it right now. Boom. Okay. Okay, I blocked it. All right. It's a double portion. The flowers appear on the earth. One of the benefits of this double portion of being meeting Jesus in the air and then being brought up into the throne room realm of God's glory is, is that you get the former and the latter reign together. And you grow into spiritual maturity. Thank you, Lord. And maybe it was on YouTube. I'm not sure. Could have been on YouTube. I had a block. So it may not have been on Facebook. Could have been on YouTube. So one of the benefits of this double portion of the anointing 
is that you begin to grow up spiritual maturity. Notice the double portion. Come up here. He removes what? Every spot, every blemish in his wrinkle. Why? To position you, because no flesh can grow in his sight. To position you to become absolutely dependent upon the Lord. To receive from the seven spirits of God. To receive the instructions, the blueprints and plans that God has for your life for today. To receive the spirit of prophecy, the speaking creative word of God that as he speaks to you and you release it on earth, it happens. This is a double portion of here and here. Do you see it, beloved? The, the, the former rain, the latter rain. Two, 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 two. And what does that do? When we begin to be changed here, to be caught up higher. Notice, remember, you go up, you grow up. Everybody with me? When you grow up, you go up. So what happens in that realm? The flowers appear on the earth. Remember, the winter, remember what it says? It says, uh, the, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear. That represents the flowers appear are you. Those are the sons and daughters of God, the mature sons and daughters of God maturing. The flowers, right? It says the flowers appear on the earth. That means you are what you have not been before. That which was done, the work that God did with you in the winter season, in that time of separation, and when you've been alone at home you know, for all of these years, called out of the church age, churches, so to speak, or the local church, because you were hungry for, desperate for God, or, or you stayed there, or you're a church that's been that had that cry of their heart, there comes a time, which is what 2020 brought us, where the flowers appear. That's what's happening. And when we come into divine convergences, beloved, guess what happens? It's the soil, it's the ground, it's the fertilizer, the water, and the sun for the flowers to appear. If every, if you could hear the, I wish you would go back on Facebook and listen to our, go, go back to the last broadcast that we did, you know, for, where it says preparing for the New York Convergence. Or go back on Facebook into the videos and find where they were sharing the testimonies from the convergence. You know what you would see in here? The flowers, amen, appear. I'll share one young lady. She's 18 years old, okay? I mean, if you could hear her testimony, I'll say it because she's the youngest one amongst us. Her testimony she shared the other day, she is radically different. Her whole life is completely changed. Her, she's in love with the Lord. She's following the Lord. She's growing in the Lord. I, all of us who know her have seen such an accelerated growth in her. She's way beyond her natural years of a believer, natural years of age. She is really becoming a real spiritual woman of God, even to be a mother of God, because she's, you know, to be, she's really growing that where she can teach others. And she's, and she's doing that by these very principles. She's come and she's begun, begun to seek the Lord and she's being lifted up. And so are the others at the convergence, because what they experience at the convergence is this lifting presence, this two this two tier to go up strategy of the Lord, where this double portion is. They come up and we meet them in the air personally, and then collectively and individually we go up here into the glory realm where each one is being ministered separately from that glory instructions that absolutely change them from glory to glory, and then corporately we're changed from the glory of glory. I know Lynn has changed. I know. Um, you know, um, Amber, Jared, Ethan and Ethan and Kelly, um, Nicole and Jeremy, uh, my daughter, Brittany, others who watched it uh, and participated, our prayer warriors that watch it on Zoom. So many people's lives have been impacted. Why? Because the flowers are appearing. There's a spiritual growth. As you go up, you grow up. And as you grow up, you go up. The flowers are appearing. That represents spiritual maturity.
And to those of uh, to those of you who have given the Lord the totality of your being, and you burn the ships in 2020, and you're diligently seeking to do only the Lord's will, you are receiving a double portion of miracle growth to enter into full-grown sonship filled with a glory that will transform the earth. If you burnt the ships and you said, Lord, I'm done with my life as usual, business as usual, I mean it, church as usual, and I've come to seek your face, like it says in Psalm 24, your face I will seek. And I've heard you say, who is a king? And it says, who is a king of glory? Let the king of glory come in. And they've done that. They are receiving this double portion of God's glory realm of the spirit of prophecy and the seven spirits of God are manifesting in that glory realm as a double portion. As they're meeting the Lord in the air they, and they meet with him in that lifting presence, they're taken up into that place where there's two operations of the spirit, the seven spirits of God and the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. That means whatever the Lord is doing with them in that place, it will testify of him and people will see him and know him. And they will say, surely, like they said of Peter, James and John, surely these men are unintelligent and unlearned men, but they had been with Jesus. That was their testimony that they had known that these men, Peter, James and John had been with Jesus. Shouldn't that be our testimony of our relationship with the Lord that we've been with Jesus? Shouldn't all we do on Sundays and Wednesdays when people look at the people that come to your church be that they have been with Jesus? Or do they know they've been with church? Do they know that they went to church or do they know that they've been with Jesus? And there's a big difference between the two of those things. Because church has one flavor, Christ has another. Church has a flavor, but Christ is the aroma. Which one do you want? The flavor or the aroma? You want the aroma of God over you? You want the aroma of God to surround you that you have been with the Lord? Hallelujah. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the time of the singing of the birds has come and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in the land. Today, we talked about from the Lord about what it means to rise up, my fair one, and come away. Why we must be positioned to hear that. And that's what the first three books of Revelation, chapter one through three, is to cause us to repent, to see where we are, to change, which means seek the face of God and, and meet him and see him and desire him as our first love. And then, as we do, he lifts us up to be seated with him on his throne, even as he sat down from his father's throne. And now we are open up to Revelation chapter four and five to see and hear and understand the mysteries and the secrets of the kingdom that God must reveal to you that you need for you, your life, your family, your children, your grandchildren. There are specific instructions, specific plans that are only in the glory realm. There are promises that you received in the church age that you never got and you let go of them that can only be fulfilled be fulfilled in the glory realm. As you go into the glory realm, those seeds, that those promises that God is giving you unfold in the glory realm for you, your life, and your family. They weren't all for this church age. They were for the kingdom age. So many of those prophecies that you didn't think came to pass are real, but they were made for this new day, for this new hour. So if you ask the Holy Spirit to quicken them in you again, then God will begin to move and unfold those promises from his glory realm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness. We bless you. We praise you. We honor you, Lord. I pray right now that this word would become our life experience, Lord, would become our flesh. If we didn't hear anything today, Lord, let us hear, rise up, my fair one. Come away with me. Come and let us leap upon the mountains. Lord, I pray that we would hear, if I go up, I grow up. And when I grow up, I go up. Lord, I pray that that intensity, that desire, that passion for you would increase in each and every one of us. That we would not let anything, not our failures or our successes, keep us from coming to seek your face. This is the generation that will seek your face. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord but he that has clean hands and a pure heart and has not sworn deceitfully? Lord, and they shall receive the blessings of the Lord. This is a generation that will seek, seek, that will seek him. Lift up your head, all ye gates, and lift up your head, you age-abiding doorways. I release that word, Lord, that impartation, that strengthening right now, that as doors and as gateways, we will lift up our heads and let the King of glory come in. Come in, King of glory. Come in, Lord, strong and mighty. Come in, the Lord, strong in battle, mighty in battle. Come in, the Lord of hosts, and we give you permission. We give you our body, our soul, our spirit, the totality of our being. We give it to you again today, God, that you would come and invade it with your glory. Invade us and burn up everything in our life that's not like you, Lord. Everything that's not of your kingdom. Lord, with a new mind, I thank you that you, Lord, that you remove these filthy garments from us today, God. And, and, and remove that turban and you put new royal robes on us and a new turban upon our head that we may find you and know you in this double portion place of your glory. Father, I pray releasing of the former and the latter rains to soak my brothers and sisters and their families. Bring us out of where we are, Lord. Bring our children out of where they are. Bring our spouses out of where they are, our family members, co-workers and churches out of where they are to where they need to be in you, God. And we believe you for it. We thank you for it, Lord. And we give you the honor and the praise and glory. I pray such a release, such a strengthening, such a quickening, Lord, for all of us today, God. And that this word would be made flesh within us. Now to you, who can do exceedingly above all that we ever ask or think, to you, Lord, be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, I hope that word worked within you today. I'm believing God for a change in all of our lives. Hallelujah. I want to thank you all, all of you that have been praying for us and encouraging us and, and um, you know, also those that God has touched to bless us financially. Amen. Uh, as I said, we don't charge anything for this. It's free, you know, and I have just come to learn that the Lord has people that he can touch on our behalf. And many times after a broadcast, people the first time ask me, how can we bless you? We want to pray for you, but we also want to release a financial blessing. Well, Reverend Lynn just put it all on there for you. All the information about the Divine Convergence, the, um, our, our, my, my email address, and also our ministry name is on there as well. So all the information you need is there to find out. Please check out our website if you get a chance. It really speaks of the present word of the Lord and what we're doing. And I really urge you to come. To, uh, to Schenectady, please, if you're hearing this voice and if there's any witness of God, even the slightest, would you please pray about coming? 
and setting this set apart time, you will experience what I'm sharing with you and beyond what my words could ever describe as we come together just to meet the Lord. You want to be there. You want to come May 2nd through May 7th. May, reserve now. There's not many seats left. Reserve your hotel room. We only have like 20, 17 days to get it at the discounted rate with breakfast included. So go to our website and hit on the events and you can register today. We'd love to have you come if you're a singer, musician, dancer, artist, flag ministry, or you know, or you are a handmaid and a men's servant. You know what that is before the Lord, a musician. Come, bring your instruments, bring your flags. Let us worship the Lord together and pure holy worship of the Lord. Come. And even if you don't do any of those things and you just love pouring your heart on the Lord or your tears at his feet, maybe you're one that washes his feet with your tears and dries them with your hair like Mary. Come, bring yourself and present it to the Lord. All right? Amen. Well, that's it for today. We love you. Appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same station. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye.